Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. For you give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your name, O Lord. Hey, welcome, everybody. Welcome to Willow Park Church, and, and we're so glad to have you here. There's hundreds of people watching us from all over the place, and, and uh, we just are thankful for that, and we welcome you here, and we, uh, we encourage you to join us here in worship and for this service. We're just so grateful. I'd like to uh, start with a word of Scripture here before we continue on. This is from the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him not anything that was made. 
In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to this earth. Thank you, God, for the blessing of your Son. Thank you for the grace and the things that we will sing about here, the things that we believe, the things that we know in our hearts are truth and light. And we give the rest of this worship service, Lord, to you. Our Father everlasting, the all-creating one, God Almighty. Through your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus our Savior. I believe in God our Father, I believe in Christ the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection, that we will rise again, for I believe in the name of Jesus. Judge and our defender suffered and crucified. Forgiveness is in you. Descended into darkness, you rose in glorious light. Forever seated high. I believe in God our Father. I believe. Jesus Christ. 
Father, I believe in Christ the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection, that we will rise again, for I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe in life eternal, I believe in the virgin birth. I believe in the saints' communion and in your holy church. I believe in the resurrection when Jesus comes again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. For I believe in the name of Jesus. For I believe in the name of Jesus. Wind still 
Through it all, my eyes are on you. It is well with us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for everything you have done and everything you do. And we remember what you did for us on the cross. We remember on the night you were betrayed, you picked up the bread and you broke it. Bread not too unlike this. Passover bread unleavened, no yeast in it, ritually purified, just as there's no yeast in the bread, there was no sin in you, Jesus. Perfect sacrifice, the perfect Lamb of God. And the bread had come to symbolize the bondage in Egypt, the char marks and the, the striations on it, the, the bruisings and the beatings and the lashes of the whip from the hands of the captors in Egypt and the piercings to make the bread cook more evenly and faster. And Jesus, you looked at the bread, and I, I'm sure you thought, this is, this is my body. This is going to be my body, the way it will look in not too long. So he broke the bread and passed it to his disciples and said, this is my body, broken for you. Take, eat. Whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Take the bread and eat it and remember Jesus. And after they had eaten, he took the cup of wine, 
a very special Passover supper, very special meaning, and Jesus put a new meaning into it. He increased the meaning of it. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Take it and drink. And whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So take it, drink the juice, the wine, in remembrance of what Jesus has sacrificed, his blood that washes us clean, the blood that takes away the sins of the world. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for coming to earth to dwell in the flesh among us and then to take all the sins of mankind throughout all time onto yourself, into the grave. The perfect sacrifice, once and for all. And we can stand before the Father washed clean and pure, without blemish, because of your blood. Jesus, may we always remember that. And what's even greater than that is that you rose from the grave and conquered death. And now we have hope and life. And for that, we will truly be eternally grateful and in relationship with you as your children. Let's sing. The splendor of the King Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice All the earth rejoice He wraps himself in light And darkness tries to hide And trembles at his voice trembles at his voice how great is our God sing with me how great is our God and all will see how great how great is our God age to age he stands
great you are good your mercies are new every day thank you for life itself and thank you for being our light to guide our feet bless the rest of this service and bless the rest of this day bless us all lord jesus in your holy name we pray amen amen enjoy the rest of the service god bless you all hello willow park church my name is courtney Thank you for joining us for Church Online, and here is your family news. We are so excited to announce that our in-person gatherings will be starting on Sunday, August 2nd in three of our locations, in Rutland, in the Mission, and in Lake Country. More details will be coming soon, but to learn more, visit our website at willowparkchurch.com dwell. We are now looking for volunteers to help with our dwell gatherings. We are looking for people who can help others find their seats, check in, and help with cleaning and sanitization. If you'd like to be involved, sign up at one of our two volunteer training events happening Sunday, July 19th and July 26th at both our Highway 33 and South locations. Sign up online at willowparkchurch.com training. We are having two awesome kids camps online this summer, July 20th to 24th and August 17th to 21st. You can choose to do kids camp as a family or you can sign up as a camp host and invite some friends to do camp with you. Registration is now open at willowparkchurch.com slash kidscamp. Join us after church today for a live Zoom chat with one of our pastors. Simply go on our website and find the links to join. We can't wait to see you all there. That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service. Welcome Willow Park Church uh, to our second week of live preaching. First of all, thank you to the worship band for leading us in worship, Curtis and the team. Uh, as you can see, all of a sudden, uh, everything's changed. Uh, the stage has been rebuilt since recording the worship set. And here we are now, our new uh, background. So I hope the light is helping you. I know that some of you have commented and said, hey, uh, it seems really dark. It seems really 
a little bit dark. Well, it is, uh, was uh, a big black stage, but now, of course, it is uh, a white stage. So that's fantastic. Really glad you joined us. Can I just mention, um, there are ways for you to give uh, online, uh, through the website, ways to give in person, also through setting up uh, monthly uh, 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 donations uh, through your bank as well. We just want to encourage you and pray that God will continue to be with us as we're on this journey uh, through COVID-19. Of course, Kelowna has been in the, in the news this week um, with a little outbreak. And of course, the ripples go through the city. And we want to, it reminds us that we want to keep praying. It reminds us that we want to keep believing God and that we want to pray that uh, God will, will protect our city, that God will be with us, and that as we move towards different kinds of expression of worship uh, with groups of 50, I think this would be something available, something like 12 or 13 groups of 50, over uh, 500 people can engage, but in a safe touchless way whereby we can worship the Lord and keep connected. Wow, who would have thought this uh, a year ago that I'd be talking about gathering together in groups of 50 as a way of worship and keeping connection. The world has really changed. You're assaulted with it everywhere, aren't you? Let's be honest. You can't go anywhere. Uh, You're reminded about it in shops, the way that you have to do business. You're reminded it uh, with notifications on your phone. You are reminded all the time that, these, um, that this uh, COVID-19 pandemic is live, it is real. We switch on the news for, the, for America and we see the shocking statistics there. We've seen what has happened in different countries around the world. But again, the message does not change. The message is, is that God is with us. The message is, is that despite all of this, Jesus is the King of Kings and he's the Lord of Lords. That we can know that God is with us and God is in control. He is sovereign. He is Lord. He's the one that is at work with all the nations. He's the one that understands all things and knows all things. And we pray at this time that God will bring about his purposes and God will move in power and God will move in strength and we will see the gospel being proclaimed. We'll see the gospel being proclaimed in every new creative way, the way that we can reach into our communities. A great way to reach into our community coming up in a week's time is of course online kids camp. Now, The team have been working so hard. The team have been um, preparing packages and fun uh, activities and so on. They've been working so that families and children can have a great time. So can I encourage you to tell people, can I encourage you to spread the news and let people know that this online camp is taking place, to let people know that that this is happening Uh, uh, Facebook it, share it, let people know there's great activities and we want to engage our families. One thing that has happened through the pandemic is that the responsibility for discipling our families has sort of, of course, gone from the church 
to the family. And this is a good thing. Because you can't depend upon the youth pastor to win your teenagers to Christ. You can't depend upon the children's department to, to do that spiritual work. Mums and dads, uh, carers and grandparents, I know you take that seriously, but this is the time in our spiritual homes that we step up and we bring God front and center into our homes. And we ask that the Lord would work and move. And this is challenging for so many. I know this, but it will be a fruit that we will reap a great harvest from and that God will be at work. So. Uh, just some thoughts about that. So we're going to continue our journey in the Sermon on the Mount. Last week I spoke, to, spoke about that Jesus says, uh, we are the salt of the earth. And what does salt do? Well, first of all, salt comes into the world, of course, and is used in the ancient world to bring to bring purity, to stop decay, to stop the meat from rotting. And they would take the meat and they would put it into a salty solution because they didn't have fridges and ice machines. Uh, thank you to those of you who sent me pictures last week of their own fridges. Somebody even has a fridge with a TV built in. I'll be honest, I was not interested in having a TV built into my fridge. But having thought about that and having been cooking a lot more through COVID, I think, wow, I, I've had my iPad going, I've been watching things, and I thought, well, there's the fridge, it's not such a bad idea. I was humbled by that. But, you know, uh, we have fridges to keep things fresh. But in, of course, in the ancient days, they would keep things fresh by uh, salt and by a salt solution. So that's what our role is in the world. God has called us to keep things fresh. God has called us to stop the decay in society. God has called us to pray. The second thing salt does, it brings flavor. It brings life. It brings creativity. It, it adds as a spice in the world. And, and that's something that has been really encouraging me this week, that wherever we are, we bring the creativity of the Holy Spirit. We bring a flavor. We bring a spice into life. The third thing that it does, of course, is that it creates a thirst. And every one of us needs to believe that we have a thirst to get to know God more and more. And uh, one thing that, that happens in this pandemic is either you and I will get to know God more or there'll be those of us who kind of slip away from our relationship with God. The one message that is coming through, that this is a time for the church to humble itself. It's a time for the church to pray. It's a time for us to seek the kingdom of God. It's a time when we want to see a growth and a swelling of prayer and excitement about seeking the Father and walking with the Father, knowing the Father's heart within our lives. And so this time is a time where where all of our idols have been shaken, or everything we depend on has sort of been, been um, 
shaken at this, this moment and God is saying to us, what are you building your life on? What is the foundation that you at this time are saying, yes, I'm building my life on the foundation of the gospel, the foundation of the power of the cross, the foundation of my relationship with Jesus that is growing and developing, a relationship that is wondrous and glorious, a relationship that takes me into a place of prayer, into a place of contemplation, into a place of worship, into a place of intimacy, where I long to be in the closet with God, where I long to be with God and to know God in my life. This is what my prayer is, that out of this experience, a real desperation for God will grow within our hearts. And that desperation will be something that isn't fake, but will be something that really uh, is, is, being, is bubbling within our hearts and is growing within our lives. So having talked a little bit about uh, the salt of the world, I want to move on to say that the light of the world. Jesus went on and said these words, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Before I break this down into uh, teachable segments of verse 14, 15 and 16, I want to remind you some words that Jesus said in John chapter 8, uh, John chapter 8, verse 12. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What a statement. Jesus lifts his voice up and declares, I am the light of the world. I mean, no wonder C.S. Lewis wrote that Jesus was either a, a, a liar, a lunatic or Lord. Because when you make these kind of statements, you might think that he was a lunatic. When he makes these kind of statements, you might think that he's crazy. Well, let me explain when this happened. This was at the time of the great celebration in Jerusalem called the illumination of the temple. The illumination of the temple was a time when the people celebrated the light and the fire of God. Let me explain the scene if you would be there. At this moment, they would bring out four large uh, candlesticks. And as they would place these four large candlesticks, and it is described that they were the size of the temple wall. So they were high. And a healthy, fit priest would climb up the candlestick, as it were, up a ladder, and would fill the candlesticks with oil. 65 litres of oil would be poured into this candlestick. And then they would light it. And the light would uh, uh, blaze in the temple. It is said that the light from these candlesticks illuminated the whole of the glorious temple of the Lord. Not only could you see it in the temple, but some writers said you could see it all over Jerusalem. 
And then priests and Levites would step forward. And as they would look at these burning candles, these burn, this burning oil that would light the whole temple in the treasury and would light the whole of the city as, the, as it is reaccounted, they would then pull out their tambourines and they would d- dance to the Lord. And as they would dance to the Lord, they would shake their tambourines and they would dance. I've got a confession. I once owned a tambourine, okay? And they even took it to church. Yes. And I was the only one with a tambourine. A 15-year-old with a tambourine is a dangerous thing. And so I'd, uh, but you can imagine these men of God in the temple, desperate for God, who had followed the law and they were shaking their tambourines. They were dancing and swirling and celebrating. What were they celebrating? They were celebrating and remembering the time in the wilderness when they were led by the fire in the desert, when they were led by the cloud. They were celebrating the fire and the glory of God. They were celebrating the light of God that led them through the wilderness. They were celebrating the goodness of God that sustained them in the wilderness. And so at the end of the celebration, there would have been the smell of burning oil in the air. The wick was out. It was all over. Everything was quiet as it were. And Jesus walked forward. And as Jesus walked forward, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am that fire. I am that cloud. I am the presence of God. I am the light of the world. And when you follow me, you'll not walk through darkness. You will not walk through wilderness. You will not walk through pain. You will not walk through difficulty. But my light, my power will guide you and be with you. I don't know what you're facing right now, but maybe you feel as if you're in a wilderness. Maybe you feel as if you are struggling. Maybe there's sickness in your family. Maybe there is financial problems that you are facing because of COVID-19. Maybe you have a member of your family who suffers with mental illness. And this has been a terrible, struggling time. And the truth is that so many people with mental illness at this time are finding it so difficult. Support groups have been taken away. Natural friendships of going out for coffees or change. People with needs and additional needs are struggling and it's hard and it's tough. It feels like you and I are in a wilderness. But I want to give you some great news. That even in the middle of the, the pain, even in the middle of the discomfort and the difficulty that you are going through. Jesus said, I am the light. I am the light of the world. I want to lead you through. I will be with you in your wilderness, in your difficulty, in your wandering, 
follow me. Follow the light of the Lord. Follow the presence of the Lord within your life. And this is, this is why our prayer life is so important. Because we want to follow the presence and we want to follow the light of the Lord. We want to know his glory and his presence that I may be struggling and I, I may be looking for direction, but the direction is always towards Jesus, not away from Jesus. The direction is always towards God's presence. The direction is always towards God's word in our life. The direction is always in prayer. The direction is always calling out on God because God will give us that strength. God will get you through that illness. God will get you through that difficult financial situation. God will get you through that relationship difficulty. God will get you through that dark time. God is looking at you and he wants to get you through this. He's with you. And so Jesus said, I am, are you crazy? I'm the light of the world. What do you mean? You're that fire. You are that cloud. You are the light of the world. This is this seems crazy, but it's true. It's true. We live in a dark world. Uh, John goes on in John chapter 3, verse 19. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. There's always a danger that when we live in a world that is full of corruption, when we live in a world that is full of pain, you see what's on the news. We see about the stories about the rich and the powerful, about those that are kings over us, about those that lead us with their inconsistencies, with the... Um, the scandals that are playing out on our media and we're hearing about people's actions and the terrible things they've done and celebrities being arrested and placed into prison. And we're hearing these stories again and again. We know that there's darkness. It reminds me of the words of Samuel, those, those chilling words. When, Samuel, when they said, give us a king. And Samuel said, I'm going to give you a king, but the Lord's going to give you a king. But don't you realize that kings get corrupted? Don't you realize that they take your taxes? Don't you realize that they take your horses? Don't you realize that they rule over you and they make you work hard? Don't you realize that, that those in power and authority are the, ones, are the ones that create pain for people? Those are such sobering words. And when you look at history... And you see the pain and corruption of ultimate leadership. You realize that true kingdom, that true leadership, that true life doesn't come from any human king or organization. True life comes only through following the light of Jesus. Why? Because men love the darkness. Men love the darkness and shy away from the light of God. And there's a great battle taking place in the world. There's always been a great battle. Always from the beginning, all the way through, there's been a great battle. But God has called us in this great battle, in this, to be the light of God that shines. Look at what it says. You, emphatic, you alone, 
absolutely emphatic in its, in its construct, are the light of the world, no one else. So this brings us back to the church. It brings us back to you and I. That Jesus says, you are the light. So he's moved from, I am the light of the world, to actually saying, you are the light of the world. You are here. You are the light of the world. And you are here to make a difference. You are here to shine. You and I, as a church, even when we're not meeting, God is calling us to shine, to reflect the glory of God within our lives. I don't know about you, but I want to shine. I want to shine for Jesus. I want to shine for him. I mean, when we look up at the sky, and it's been a funny July, hasn't it? And it's rained a lot. It's never like this in Cologne, I keep telling people. But it, it's rained a lot. We've, the garden looks amazing. The wildflowers are incredible. The hills around Kelowna look like Welsh rolling hills. They're amazing because of all the rain. But often I sit on my deck and I love sitting on my deck. And the sun comes over the top of my house and goes out towards, of course, the west. And there over I can see Knox Mountain and I can see the sun setting and I can imagine it setting down by the lake and going over the mountains there and disappearing. And I feel the the heat, and I feel the, the, the lovely evenings, which of course are a bit fewer at the moment with our weather. But, of course, if I sit long enough, eventually the moon will appear. And of course, we're all sky gazing at the moment, stargazing with the comet that is around and trying to spot it and to see this, this new comet that's around. And, and the moon comes up, but I know something about the moon is that the moon, of course, only reflects the light of the sun. And sometimes there's a super moon, and sometimes there's a crescent moon. And this is sort of the story of the church, of who we are. We can only reflect the glory and the presence of God. And sometimes in our life, we reflect like a full moon. Sometimes in the history of the church, like with Luther and with Paul and with John Wesley and with Whitfield and great preachers, the church has been at full moon. And we reflected the glory of God. There are other times in the church's history where we've just been a thumbnail moon. When we've just sort of been present. We've just been there. There are times in history where the church shone brightly as we built hospitals all around the world, as we built orphanages, as we stepped out about social justice, about the rights of workers in factories in the Victorian ages. There were days when we stood out, when the first social workers were Christians, when the first probation officers were Christians. In those early days when we fought for truth and justice, we fought for the goodness 
likeness of God in the world. And it was like we were a full moon. We were reflecting the glory of God through our lives. But there's other times when the church has been weak, when the church hasn't humbled itself, when the church has been arrogant, when the church has been full of self-righteousness, where we've been judgmental, and it's like we've lost the reflection of the Son of God within our lives. We have to choose. Are we willing to be a people that reflect the glory of God? Or are we just going to kind of reflect a little bit and almost be invisible? Lloyd-Jones preached this message um, and, in, and this text. And he preached and he said, you know, if you hide your light under a bushel, under a bowl, then you have to ask your question, is there actually a light that is there? Very challenging words. Because Christians are called to blaze. Christians are called to stand out. Christians are called to make a difference in this world. For you know you were once darkness, but now you are a light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. And each one of us, we need to be willing to live as children of the light. And as we pray, and as we spend time with Jesus, and as we have devotional times, we learn to reflect the glory and the presence of God. We learn to reflect his presence. And that's why I think, you know, unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. Can I ask you a question? When was the last time you contemplated, you meditated, and you thought about the Lord's glory in your life? If you just spend 10 minutes a day thinking about the glory and the greatness of God, it will utterly and completely change your life. Just think. That's why I produced a course about contemplating through COVID, because I know it transforms our life. But let's look again then at the scriptures. First of all, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. The church cannot be hidden. Jesus makes it clear that when we are people of the kingdom of God, we need to be like a prominent city that sits on a hill and shines brightly with the glory of God. And I would love you to pray about that. Keep praying for the church. Pray for Willow Park Church. That this time of shifting and changes that we would still be here like a city on a hill and that we would blaze for the Lord. That we would be that place. An ancient city could be seen for miles. There was no light pollution back then. And of course, a city would be on a hill and you could see its lights, you could see its detail, you could see its presence. And that God has placed the church in the world like a city to make a difference. 
God has placed a church. And outside of Canada and outside of Europe, the church is blazing like a city. The church is growing. It's unmistakable that secularism is, is a fallacy because people are seeking after God. People are seeking after God's presence. And we see a global increase of Christianity, both in Christianity. We have also see a global increase of, of Islam, by the way. And we see... That the church is, is needing to grow because its presence is there, it's powerful. And our, like a city on a hill, we have to be willing to be present. But neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Jesus takes it from a mighty city to now in our homes. And I want to remind you, that we are one universal church that has been called like a mighty city to reflect the glory of God. But I want to remind you that where God has placed you in your home, with your family, God has placed you strategically in that neighborhood. God has placed you strategically in this city. God has placed you strategically in your home to shine and to let your light shine before men. It's no accident that Jesus has taken you and placed you where you are now. And the question is, you are placed where you are now. But are you shining or are you hiding the light that God has given you? I pray that in your neighborhood, in your relationships, in the place of work that God has put you, in the area that God has placed you, with the people that you meet in business and commerce, as you inter interact with people, that you will not be seen in a negative way, but you will be like a light that shines. Because the one thing I know, God has placed you strategically in the spot that you are in. And God wants you to blaze with your children, with your grandchildren, with your great-grandchildren, with people that you work with, with people that you're connected with. God wants you strategically that you would, would blaze like a light, like a lamp. Instead, they put it on a stand. It gives light to everyone in the house. And, and our presence should make a difference in this world. Our presence should make a difference in the way that we speak. Our presence should make a difference in the way that we act. Our presence should make such a difference. Because you've been placed where you are. And so often we look at where we've been placed and we go, oh, why am I here? Why do I live here? Why is this this way? Why do I have this job? Why am I in this situation? Please. Stop looking where God has placed you negatively. Start believing that God has placed you there strategically. Leave the pity party behind and start to let the light of God blaze. Leave the resentment behind and start to let the light of God come. Do you know what light does? Light illuminates and always pushes back the darkness. It is impossible for darkness to push light back. It's light that pushes darkness away. 
We even know in research that light heals. That in some cases when people have injuries to their body or broken bones, light, the sunlight physically can aid healing. Sunlight brings strength. Sunlight brings health. Sunlight heals our bodies. And that's why it's important that we spend time with Jesus because because it brings that light, it brings that warmth, it brings that health. If my house plants are dying, I stick them out in the sunlight because the sunlight creates life, it creates energy, it creates power, it creates healing. And that's why it's so important that each one of us Spend time in the presence of Jesus so we reflect the glory of God in our life. Don't despise where God has placed you. You are placed strategically to shine. Shine, keep shining and let the Lord use you. But how should we shine? In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. John Stott, the great Anglican theologian who preached at All Souls Langham Place. I had the pleasure of having lunch with him on a couple of occasions. And uh, that's another story. And it was a great honor. They used to call him uncle uh, down at uh, All Souls. Brilliant theologian. But as he, he wrote about this passage, he said, the primary way by which we show the light of the Lord in the world is through good works. Good works are a mechanism. Now, we are people of faith, as he is, and people that we're not saved through good works. Of course not. We're saved through grace and through believing in Jesus and through the cross of Christ. But what this teaches us, that we shine through our good works. In fact, in the Greek, in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your, your good deeds. This word good actually means beautiful, attractive, remarkable deeds. What Jesus is saying is, don't hide the light of my presence in your life. But what I want you to know is this, that I'm calling you to do beautiful, attractive things in this world. So what is the answer for COVID? What is the answer when we live in such strange times? What is the answer when we are not connecting in the way that we want to? The answer is this, that the church becomes a group of people that are just doing really beautiful deeds. I want to be a beautiful person. I want to be a beautiful person when I'm wandering around Rutland. I want to be a beautiful person when I'm shopping in Kelowna, when I'm going and lining up at Superstore. I want to show the beauty of the Lord as I'm trying to park my car. I want to show the beauty of the Lord in the way that I speak to people. I want to help people. I want to do good things, not bad things. And Jesus says it is through our goodness 
It is through our beautiful acts. It is through. Now, these acts are not staged. It's not like a performance. It's not like you're an actor. But these acts are beautiful things that we choose to do because we've been in the light of God and we know the light of God within our lives. And so I want to do those beautiful acts, not because I want to look awesome, not because I want to tell everybody how amazing I am, but because of this. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. And this is a great spiritual shift. When the things that we do, we want to do to make the name of the Lord famous, glorious, and wonderful. Hmm. One day we will all die. And we will pass into eternity. And Matthew says this, then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has an ears, let them hear. I don't know quite how this is going to work. But one thing I know is that Jesus has called me to shine now. Jesus has told me that the way that I shine is by being in his presence. And Jesus tells me that one day, even this world will pass away. This world will change. But I will still be present and shine. C.S. Lewis put it this way. He said that one day nature itself could pass away, but we will still be in the presence of God shining. And that's quite a thought. And the place to practice shining for Christ is now. So let's do beautiful things. Let's do attractive things. God has placed you strategically in the household you are so that you can shine for him. God has placed you in this city so that you can shine for him. God is with you. And maybe you don't realize, but the greatest way to shine is to follow the fire, to follow Jesus, to follow his presence. To give your life to Christ because when Jesus died upon the cross and gave his life on the third day rose again, he died so the pathway for us was open so that we could have a relationship with God and we can know God within our life. And I want to encourage you to really shine for Jesus. It's exciting that we get to live like this. It's exciting that we get to do good deeds that are beautiful and attractive and wonderful. If you do one lovely deed a day, it will change your life for the glory of Jesus. Only for the glory of Jesus. Let me pray. Father, we thank you that we can remember and reading scripture of the great moments of the temple's illumination. And yet you say, Lord, that each one of us are temples of the Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that in our life, in our temple, in our 
countenance of who we are and the way that we live, I pray that we will shine for the glory of God. I pray that that beauty will shine through our lives and that, Lord, you will be with us in Jesus' name. Bless every family that's watching, every home connected to Willow Park Church, every person that's online, on the website, and every person that is on Facebook Live. I pray, God, that you will bless them and help them to shine for the glory of God in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for being part of this service and joining us for this hour. It's been great and um, I'm pretty excited about this message and share it with people that we might shine and do beautiful things in the world. Amen.